often on the show, we have opening topics that typically have some sort of intrigue or polarizing nature Mm -hmm. mixed with a strong, informative angle and some occasional humor to it. So, however, this intro topic has no such humor laced within the storyline. And rather than read the article this past week and move on to the next, I felt it pertinent to showcase it on this week's upload. So, last week, an eight-year-old boy located in South America... Uh, actually Bolivia to be specific, picked up a spider, placed it on the back of his palm, and allowed the spider to bite him, all in hopes that the arachnid would transform him into Spider-Man. I knew exactly what that was going into. Nice. Obviously, the biggest concern for the pediatricians and health authorities was determining what type of spider it was. After further investigation and tests, it was revealed that the boy was bitten by a black widow. 30 minutes after being treated for the bite with antivenom, the young boy showed signs of improvement and eventually full recovery from the bite. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's quite a startling scenario because even though growing up and seeing Tobey Maguire act out the scene of being bitten by a spider, it never really dawned on me as a nine-year-old that I should go pick up a spider in hopes that I would have superpowers as well. Right. But, uh, Many have to assume that such kids could conceive a dangerous conclusion that such an action would elicit such a result. Yeah, I never, ever would have even thought of picking any spider up, for that matter, mainly because I'm, I know as it, we're supposed to be guys and, you know, kill the spider or whatever, but I'm, I'm one of my worst fears is actually spiders. Um, <laughs> I just don't like them anyway. So, yeah, I wouldn't have not uh, done that. And I, I guess that also shows what the general consensus for children is in terms of that it's like well it must be real i mean it's it's hard to say so i mean and this is not to knock down another country but this is south america so you do have to assume that you know there is some lesser educated regions about that country so that's kind of taken into consideration, but uh, yeah, it really did kind of throw me for a loop there. And evidently this has actually happened before, which doesn't, it's not too surprising, but it's definitely alarming. Yeah. But uh, Glad the kids yeah. Are okay. yeah, so as obvious as it sounds, we, uh, we start out today's show with a simple reminder to all parents, uh, especially those with the young kids that are widely enthralled by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just take a moment to affirm with your kids the clarity behind the popular comic storyline of Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, obviously as kids, they have big dreams, many of which are healthy aspirations, but, uh, never underestimate the power of suggestion mixed with the severity of imagination. So one may never know what a kid is thinking until it's too late. So quite frankly, actually, I'm just grateful that there's no such thing as snake man in Marvel cinematic universe. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. I'm happy about that too, actually. That would be pretty bad. But uh, anyways, on to actual regular news here. You're going to direct us into some interesting updates. Is that right? Yeah. So one particular app, and I don't think we have hardly ever mentioned on this podcast, is Waze. No, not really. And they have fixed a minor issue where a bug would cause the app to not alert users of the correct fuel that is required for their vehicle. Uh, It's not a huge, super crazy, important thing to talk about, but some valuable info for Waze users. Hmm. I actually didn't know that was. I don't even pay attention to that stuff to be honest. Yeah, I with didn't. You. I didn't know it either, and I don't even use. Um, I have uh, Gas Buddy, so that's where I usually get my information for gas. Well, I mean, I just look at the uh, the range on my gas tank, so it kind of lets me know, you know, <laughs> what I need versus like 
is it is it talking about like mileage or is it actually talking about like hey this is how many gallons it's going to take based on your fuel economy no 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 it's it's about the right kind of fuel for your vehicle uh shouldn't you already know that <laughs> no it directs you into the direction of the closest gas station that provides that kind of fuel oh okay okay yeah. i got gotcha. you oh which well. i mean in retrospect yeah in retrospect it's really not needed because if you have a car or whatever i mean or a truck you know what you need but i i guess it may be more of like i don't know it's it's a little odd to me but i, I mean it's in there I, I i actually okay i can understand that on some level because i i mean a lot of us use um 85 in our cars so at least that's the majority of us i'm i'm sure there's mm-hmm. some others out there that you know stick with the diesel or the high octane but um yeah i mean i, I can get that though you know you want to get directed to the right gas station that provides you with the correct fuel for your car but and so i, I can yep. see how that can be detrimental but uh, that's just kind of interesting though because for me i just i either pull up the closest shell or exxon mobile <laughs> that's really what i do for real yeah, so same. uh i'm not really worried about that too much so but that that's just me yeah but uh was that was that really the only uh major thing to that update or do they have any other improvements or um that was about it there are some other issues that were mentioned i can't remember exactly what it was there was actually something uh yeah there was actually something that the article mentioned about ways wanting to add an alert because we know you know i know that obviously they have alerts for like car crashes police you know slow traffic jams stuff like that apparently in 2020 they actually talked about releasing an alert for speed bumps Dude, I would have totally been on board with that. Yeah, me too. I didn't even know about that until now. But apparently, they've been they've been continually saying, "Hey, we're going to add this. We're going to add this. We're going to add this," and they still haven't done it yet. And people have been kind of upset because they do want that to be added to ways. Yes, um, I mean, so yeah, I, I, I'd like, like it. I just feel like that would be so like critical. I mean, not that you hit speed bumps out on you know the big interstates right. but as far as like local <laughs> residential places yeah there's there's definitely some speed yeah. bumps out there i don't know how you'd actually do that i don't think it'd be that difficult but and then mm. again this this is this is ways so they're owned by google right I, ma- I imagine that would be pretty pretty easy but um for sure in either case moving on to again another carrier we're just hopping on the carrier bandwagon here so last week we discussed how the title on us from t-mobile would come to an end and mm-hmm. eliciting a wave of SMS texts to customers, cautioning them that the perk would no longer be offered. Well, right. now it seems that T-Mobile has a replacement perk to help compensate for the loss. It looks as though Pandora Premium is the next service on deck. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. So uh, the terms are only offered to each primary account. So if you have multiple lines, you would have to log in with the same account, obviously. Gotcha. And it only covers a year subscription to the service. So that's something very important to keep in mind. Hmm. It's also worth noting that the main audience of this perk are those who had previously been on the title plan. So they would actually receive the text directing them to the replacement. However, if you did want to jump on board, you can always get in contact with customer care for a redemption code if you weren't in on the previous title plan. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, limited in many different ways, uh, but that's... I mean, you like, like I said, I mean, common customers since can still get it. It's just it's going to be more prominent for those that were yeah, in right. because they know that they're missing out on something. And also it's only for one year and also it's only one account, like even if you have multiple lines. So Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's okay, I guess. I, I actually... The last time I used Pandora was about a few years ago because I used to listen to it a lot. Um, 
that's how I got a lot of my music from while I was doing homework and stuff for college gotcha. and high school. But um, I mean, I don't even think. Would you say a lot of people use it? I mean, I actually know someone that uses it, but okay, I guess it's. You know, obviously, as it all goes, it's always preferential, but yeah. I mean, sure. pros and cons to every service out there. So I guess people still like Pandora. <laughs> okay. Well, our next topic we got has to do with the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro. We've actually mentioned pretty much every single rumor there is to talk about Google on this podcast. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so why not bring some more in? Uh, the colors have been confirmed for the 8 and 8 Pro. Oh, boy. So we're getting the following for the base model, Licorice porcelain and sky okay and for the pro model we're getting licorice again uh peony and haze what was the middle one the peony uh peony yeah is that like supposed to be a green color it's a pink oh is it a pink pink or a salmon pink judging by all the images i'm getting it looks to be pink. Not sure I would have thrown that into the pro line, but okay. That is interesting. <laughs> I mean, maybe it might be a light pink. I'm not exactly sure. And then also, this has been confirmed too, and obviously we know this um, from the actual Pixel tester who deleted his post on Reddit really quick and went dark. Uh, 128, 256, and 512 are the options, and I think those go both ways for the base and the pro, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, so, I did see that, and I was uh, actually, because there was an article out there as well, uh, asking, is 128 too small in this day and age? And I'm probably going to say yes. Well, we'll actually get to that here in a bit, Okay. <laughs> in, a, in a couple articles. We'll, we'll kind of discuss a little bit in depth, but yeah, uh, yeah that, is, that is something uh, to consider. Um, for, for the storage options and uh yeah so the those colors uh obviously licorice would be like a black porcelain would be like a white sky most likely would be a light blue yeah because they have that on the 7a i believe is what they call right. the blue color sky so uh yeah and there's also a fourth color uh jade oh so this one will be a green probably and that one, both for the 8 and the 8 Pro, so you're not going to miss out on this specific color if it's rumored to actually be part of it. Neato. Yeah, yep. I'm definitely looking at the jade color. That's going to be fun. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but uh, actually hanging on with Google, uh, so despite the high price, you can currently score a three-month introductory price of $65 for YouTube TV. Now, for some, you're probably thinking that doesn't actually sound like a discount. And that's likely because you're among the existing customers that subscribed before it jumped to $73 a few months back. Mm. But uh, with the service over doubling the price since its initial price six years ago, an $8 discount is a modest incentive to try out the cord cutting TV service. So uh, the only catch 22 is that it's only available for new subscribers. So. Not much of a shock. There. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. Well, if you get that, I think, are you, or unless the NFL Sunday ticket is not eligible anymore for if you have YouTube TV, because you get a discount, I think, right? I think they do still have some promo discounts running for uh, Sunday ticket. Okay. Uh, probably until it could be coming up here pretty soon uh, in August. So this is already the seventh during the recording. So Okay. So yeah, if you get that, you technically get three months plus NFL Sunday ticket for what? 400? Possibly somewhere around there. Yeah, you probably have to check the fine print to see all yeah. that. Yeah, probably maybe can't but, combine it necessarily, but yeah, that's I mean, cool like though. I said, it, it doesn't necessarily seem like a discount just because when I was looking at it, it was $65 and, you know, a few right. months later, it's now 73 and we're getting what seems to be a discount. So, gotcha. 
the uh, M3 Max, we have some more info regarding it, and apparent rumors have indicated that Apple is testing uh, the chip with up to 40 cores of GPU. And uh, just for comparison's sake, the M2 Max had up to 38 cores. So it would be a slight advantage in that regards. Uh, allegedly, these chips will be put into the high-end MacBook Pros. So it is something to look forward to. Um, I know we mentioned, we've actually mentioned this like twice now. Yeah. I think it was rumored that the MacBook Pros for the M3 would be coming out the beginning of next year, if I'm correct about that. So um, obviously this is probably a good time to start testing it and ensure that it's going to work properly. Um, but two extra cores, that's, I mean, that's not like super crazy in terms of what we've seen in the past, um, but that is definitely a step up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and then we also have actually, we do have that uh, secondary fall event too in October. So right. we could get some max there could. too. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be hard to say. Another combustible case citing a smartphone has surfaced and this time it involves OnePlus and the Nord 3 model. Hmm. So evidently a man who bought the phone brand new from Amazon over in India only had the device for five days when the phone exploded. So sadly, one repercussion did take place as the man's eight-year-old boy was in the vicinity when the phone exploded Mm. and uh, since then has been experiencing some issues with hearing. So uh, I'm not really sure what it is about this episode in eight-year-old boys, but... uh, (laughs) You don't know. It's it's a tough age, so... Yeah, I guess so. We, we feel a little guy, so we hope you get to feeling better and hope the uh, hearing improves because that is pretty uh, pretty sad. Yeah, for sure. And that's the only that you said that's the only instance we've heard of the Nord 3? So far, yeah. I, I'm not okay. really sure exactly what uh, a complaint was filed through the local police against OnePlus, and the company has reached out to the customer with a request to send the device back to initiate an investigation on the situation. So we really don't know exactly what caused it specifically and whether or not OnePlus will kind of release more information on that. But I mean, it's India, so there is hot weather. I don't know if it has any factors to it, but plausible. You know, yeah. We'll kind of have to wait and see how that unfolds on that one. That, that's kind yeah. of a little alarming. Absolutely. Uh, the iPhone 15 Pro has an elimination and an addition of storage options. A 128 would be the one to be 86, and the two terabyte would be the new storage option. This one oh, wow. I feel is a little more controversial, not mainly not to the two terabyte. That's insane. Um, but regarding the 128 being crossed out, I think it was last year that we actually discussed in the next few years they'd be starting to get rid of the older capacity options. Yeah. And we're seeing that now it seems to be rumored although it seems to be most likely true um 128 and then maybe in a few years 256 and then so on and so forth until i mean you just have a a phone that's can basically hold the storage of a really solid gaming computer yeah actually my perspective on that is a little bit reversed so the two terabyte is actually more controversial for me hmm. 128 isn't only because i've also heard rumors of that as well um and that's backed up by the fact that all the pros have the pro res so it's kind of pointless to have the 128 in there as that is true often most people are going to skip that yep. tier so that's kind of where i'm coming from on that side of things but uh yeah two terabytes is insane um I, i'm actually kind of surprised yeah. and I've, i'm very confident on this uh, I don't even think Samsung has done that yet in, in reaching two terabytes because they were probably one of the first to actually hit one terabyte. Yeah. It might be just trying to, you know, the whole idea of trying to push boundaries of technology 
and Apple's That's right. Yeah, Tim the said they'll buy the highest one they have. So. They will, yes. I mean, you are right, though. Who is going to use two terabytes of storage? Assuming they can buy that phone, they can also get Apple One. And that's already two terabytes on its own for family. Maybe it's one of those people like it it'd probably be one of those people on like the channel who like to use the iPhone as a recording device. And yeah, that way that's they true. Just, you know, have to have to constantly transfer as much. So but I mean, even so, I mean, one terabyte is I feel like it's plenty. But uh, hey, future proof yourself, I guess. <laughs> Although in retrospect, most people upgrade their phones every one or two years. So there's that to think about as well. So, you know, also true. Yeah. Yep. But actually, uh, on that note, I did just want to make a brief reminder of some of the iOS 17 features that we're not entirely confident on launching with its first public release. So okay. uh, online airdrop, that's a feature that allows you to hand off an airdrop over the Internet when initiated by two iPhones in close proximity. So we, we've, heard, we've heard about that during the keynote. Correct. Uh, and then AirPlay in hotels, which that's actually something I'm looking forward to becoming a reality. But that uh, should be later on this year, but probably not during the actual launch. Okay. The journal app. <laughs> you and I weren't really like totally <laughs> amazed by that. But no, I mean, it's cool really. that it exists. It is cool. Yeah. But it's just, uh, yeah. It's kind of out there. That probably won't be here on September. And then uh, name dropped Apple Watch, which isn't anything like crucial more of a luxury kind of feature there right yeah heck anyone who buys an iphone is probably gonna have a lot of luxury features so <laughs> yes <laughs> but uh yeah like i like i said these should be expected to release later this fall or even winter time which that could mean some may not be available till the beginning of next year depending on any setbacks apple might encounter so yeah i'm kind of curious do you actually have any of those in there that you were kind of hoping for right away definitely the uh proximity uh airdrop that that was yeah, one that i, I kind of was like oh okay that's pretty interesting uh the the specific ones the proximity in general is something that i'm very much looking forward to sharing your own uh, contact with somebody by just literally tapping your phone on top obviously other yeah. phones have already other companies have already done that but uh it's still pretty cool for us to be able to have that uh actually i was gonna say the you're on are you on beta 4 ios 17 uh to be honest with you no i'm actually on beta 3 i decided to hold off um just so that way my battery doesn't keep on getting hit with all sorts of degradation from constantly updating and heating right. up and stuff like that so i'm probably gonna s skip every other one from here on out yeah i'm actually on um beta four right now uh and oh, yeah. so far it actually because when i was on uh, beta three i actually had a lot more lagging my battery was heating up a bit more than usual um mm. just a lot of things going crazy and even this weird thing happened where i don't know if you had have this problem or not my refresh rate would go down to like 20 or something it'd be horrible that's interesting and then i press low power mode and then pressed it again and it was fine huh. super weird um but then i upgraded to beta 4 and actually things seem to be pretty stable a lot more so for me but i guess it's different from everybody but well by the time this yeah. ep episode releases uh there's a good chance that beta 5, five. will be yep. out to the i open, was gonna, so. just gonna say that yeah yeah hopefully yep. that's even better so. than this one so but uh yeah hopefully. that's still pretty good that uh those are gonna be released i'm very excited to see uh how those are used in day-to-day -day, uh lifestyle so yeah, I mean, even if they're not going to come out right with the iPhone 15, right. it's, it's yeah. still good that we're, we're going to get those later this year. So, yep. But we'll go ahead and move right along to deals here. Uh, the first one we have is the Asus Chromebook Flip. 
This is the 11.6-inch uh, touchscreen version. It's going from $349 to $229, so that's a 35% discount. Uh, hmm. That will be in the link in the description. I don't think I've actually used an Asus before. I know a lot of people that do. Um, seems to be a fairly reliable laptop. Yep. And then the, the JBL Extreme 2 is still seeing an extreme discount of 53% down from $430 to $200. So uh, that's still readily available for you guys to purchase for over half off. Nice. Getting back to the finale news here on some of these topics. Um, once again, another carrier. Uh, <laughs> this one is on Verizon. So it's not often we encounter this type of news. And actually, if anything, it's become something of a unicorn ordeal. But uh, for the past month or two, we have had episodes updating our listeners on services, both streaming and others, increasing their prices. Oh, boy. Well, Verizon's budget-friendly subsidiary Visible is actually lowering their base plan from $30 down to 25 <laughs> Again, that's a decrease for those of you who are a bit too accustomed to the trend of price increases. So Wow. Yeah, that's complete role reversal on that one. Wow. It is. Well, they actually, they've been doing quite a few promos where it was $25. So they just decided to just, just throw it all in. Skip with all the, yeah, just, just kind of skip ahead and just say, Hey, it is $25 all around. So, uh, their premium plan that does include ultra wide band access still stays the same at $45. Uh, but yeah, however, the entry level plan has, just been made a little bit more accessible for those on a tight budget. So if you were on the fence about them before or were considering trying them out, this should entice you to do so. So uh, obviously there are limitations when compared to direct subscriptions to Verizon versus their right. offspring under Visible. But uh, it's certainly worth noting that not all plans are on the rise. Yeah, I just earned a little bit more respect for Verizon. Be good on them. <laughs> Yeah, right. I know. Usually Big Red is the one that's just hiking prices like crazy. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Today, um, which is Monday, the day we're recording this, uh, marks Google's 25th anniversary, which is wild, honestly. Uh, I was obviously born in 2000, so that would have been two years after Google uh, began. It's just in, insane to see how far they've come as a company. Uh, but they're yeah. actually doing a crazy uh, sale, 25% on the following. Pixel 7 and 7 Pro, 7, 8, Pixel Tablet, Buds A-Series, Buds Pro, Pixel Watch, uh, Nest Hub 2nd Gen, Chromecast with Google TV, HD, and 4L, Nest Wi-Fi routers and points, Nest Cam wired, Nest Cam battery. Just crazy. So, and this... Wow. Yeah, and unfortunately, though, <laughs> the thing about this is it only lasts for a day everywhere except Japan. Uh, it will last till August 22nd. Hmm. So by the time this is released, you will not be able to indulge yourself uh, with these deals. It's kind of like I'm enticing you, but I'm. it's not nice. Uh, but you can go ahead and grab a special 25 anniversary wallpaper that you can download wow. to your phone. Right yeah, now. there you go, people. That's one way to entice you. Save some money. No, but we'll give you a wallpaper. <laughs> I feel like I just slapped um, everyone in the face right now. I mean, 25 years. Hey, let's 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 give some credit here. Yeah, you know, that is they've, true. They've definitely come a long way. I feel like probably one of the most impressive things is their Pixel. Um, coming from you know some of the origination of yeah. Android. Uh, the very first uh, smartphone 
that was trying to compete against iOS. And uh, moving on to Nexus, now they have the Pixel. I think they really come a long way. Uh, their other services aren't like the most amazing. Yeah, um, right. I wouldn't say like obviously Chrome is extremely popular, but I wouldn't say it's like you know the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but YouTube TV is like gone crazy. I mean, they are just a madhouse of uh, cord cutting. They're getting a lot of money from it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they are. They really are. So. But uh, 25 years, that's that's just something uh, really impressive to see. And uh, obviously, Apple's been around a lot longer than that. But hey, you know. Yeah, we'll leave that uh, 25 anniversary wallpaper in the description if you're interested. Oh, goody. I might grab it myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but anyway, actually staying on track with Google, no pun intended. Earlier this year, Google announced their partnership with Apple to make AirTags more detectable. An Mm -hmm. alert feature that would be available on all Androids going back to Lollipop version 6.0 or newer. It seems as though that feature is slowly starting to roll out to users as we get some snapshots of the alerts and how they appear on Android when detecting a nearby AirTag. Obviously, Pixel users are among the first to see this, but it should be spreading out to other non-Google phones as well. Uh, Yeah, that's actually really good, Um, all things considered. You know, we've heard a lot of issues with uh, people tracking others using AirTags. And, you know, most likely you won't even know if you have one with you if you're an Android user, let alone a Google one. But uh, that's really good there. I'm glad they're doing that. Yeah, this is still kind of one of those features that I'm torn about uh, just because... Really. Even though it helps with not being tracked by, you know, predators and other invaders of privacy, it just means that now you don't even need to own an iPhone to be notified if there's an AirTag nearby, which in theory renders the trackers that much more useless since all a thief would need to do is pull out their phone, which now includes Androids, that allows you to actually manually scan the surrounding area for AirTags, play the sound and to help them detect where it is and pull the battery out. And uh, pretty much your stolen belongings become infinitely harder to trace. So it's it's a bit of a compromising feature for those who buy the AirTags for which purpose they were designed. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of on the fence about this one. It's um, There's always a bad part of this, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, again, I will always understand the protection that this feature serves. However, it begs the question of what point is there to buy an AirTag if they can be easily detected, especially with Android and iOS, which make up virtually the whole of U.S. consumer smartphones. So exactly. That's kind of where I land. Um, I was never really a big fan of this in that sense. I kind of like the way Tile's approach was to it. So, yep. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping they can evolve this and make it a little bit more balanced between the two. Uh, so yeah, I don't know how you would kinda... go about doing that, actually, because it feels like yeah. it seems complicated to where it is now, because if you want to know where you're, if you're being tracking, that is a good way. But, like, how do you compensate for the opposite happening? Like, I don't know. I really, it's... <laughs> It, it's definitely a quandary. So I, I'm hoping that Apple and Google can kind of refine that and maybe yeah. find a, a better solution to just, you know, making them easier to detect. Yeah, for sure. Well, moving on to some a little bit brighter news. Uh, One UI 6 beta was announced today. Again, Monday, the day of recording this. However, Samsung quickly deleted the post, saying that it actually will be coming out a bit later. 
Uh, now there is an image that shows the new design of the control center, which uh, in my opinion, I think it's a lot more polished uh, and they've added a lot more capabilities to the SCC. <laughs> it's um, kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, you gonna say what I was about to say? iOS seven. iOS seven. Yeah. Yes. I was. I was thinking it, it. A lot of people are gonna say it looks very similar to that, but I mean, remarkably similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are obviously some differences, um, but I mean, I think people maybe Samsung might have uh, taken some notes from iOS seven. It's possible. I think part of it is probably the wallpaper, so that might be some. Yes, some of the, actually, that probably. But I mean, it. as far as the translucency, yeah, that's really <laughs> strikingly close. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, another thing to take note is that Samsung is giving users the option to change their wallpaper based on the time and mode, which is pretty cool. I think. Um, I don't really have any problems with that. There are obviously quite a few p- more things to this update, and I think we might go into more detail on the debatable episode. Uh, but yeah, all in all, pretty big step up from five, and I'm all for it. Yeah, that sounds, um, again, remarkably like iOS, because that's what they do with their uh, do not disturb modes. So, Oh yeah, that is what they... <laughs> He just forgot. Yeah. Huh. yeah, very interesting. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I we we talked about this uh, last week where we said, you know, there are certain changes that should just be part of the standard that you should welcome. Um, I feel like this is just a common thing that's going on. So, I can't really blame yeah. them for adapting that type of feature. However, this is just. <laughs> I mean, Apple also has taken notes from Samsung as well. They're, they they have. both kind of copy off each other at times, and we couldn't really provide any evidence as to whether they were doing it because of them or because they thought they did it first. Uh, a lot of yeah. that controversy goes around when people are arguing like, hey, no, we did it first. No, it's like, no, they had it before then. Or it's like, well, we were just doing it just because we didn't even. Honestly, I'm. I mean, I. I can kind of. There are times when I will get on my soapbox and be like, kind of irritated that they kind of made this copy because I feel like it's unfair. But in most cases, I would probably say that I don't really care, just because yeah. the one person that is the beneficiary of all this is the consumer. So. Yes. I yep. think with these two competitors, or well, technically three, if you consider you know Google, Samsung, and Apple, uh, mm-hmm. kind of innovating against each other and creating new ideas, you know, it is all f- you know for the better of the consumer. So, Correct. and you know, the more and more companies you have out there, like OnePlus, Nothing, Xiaomi, Huawei, well, can't really count Huawei in the U.S., but hey, it's it's, right. it's still you know the added oh, oh. innovation against each other where it helps out the uh, the consumer. So. Yeah. Was there anything else on six or just the delay? Um, just the delay. It was a little abrupt and weird that they did delete that, but I guess maybe they found some issues or some glitches and a lot more bugs than they thought they had. Well, good for them. That is one thing they're not taking out of uh, Apple's playbook is rushing the release. So, <laughs> For real, iOS 17 has been... I was literally... I'm on a group of iOS 17 on um, Facebook, and there was one guy that was like, I think he was trying to ask about if she should upgrade. And a couple of us were saying, you might not want to this run because it's just a lot really buggy, at least for the first few betas. Um, It's like the the worst beta, I think, in my opinion, that they've had uh, for Mm. an update. Like They really just went out and just released it without even really refining it a bit more. Obviously, there's going to be bugs. That's to be expected. But this one was just like infested <laughs> no pun intended i mean that that's really the 
the telltale between, you know, iOS 16 and 17 mm-hmm. is just both of those were just so cluttered with bugs that by the time the public right. release did come, it was it was just there wasn't enough time. And then and, and that was really horrible for uh, the public in general. So, yes. yeah, I I, uh, I really do think that Samsung made the right choice. I mean, if there is something that they need correct and uh, make it better for the consumer, then you may as well. I mm-hmm. mean. I would rather have Apple do that than rush the release and say, oh, this needs to be out by the time, you know, iPhone 15 comes out. Right. I mean, come on, people. Do some more testing. Make sure it's, you know, thoroughly been cleaned of the majority of bugs that you know exist. Exactly. And then release it after that because either you're going to have a whole bunch of apps crashing or you're going to have a lot of, you know, stutters and lags or horrible battery life or battery heating up. I mean, it's just uh, countless things that are just detrimental to the smartphone experience and i really just don't know why apple needs to rush it but uh, hey this needs to be a little more thought out yeah you know careful consideration and i think that's also what allows users to have more trust in a company is when they actually care enough to say hey this is not ready yet i know you've been anticipating it but we still need to just work out some kinks in it and i like yes absolutely that's that's necessary because then it's like they actually care about the product they're releasing to the customer. And that's really worthy of a purchase and trusted consideration. So, yeah, very much. And I think, I think Apple's just gotten used to, we announce in June, we release in September. We announce in June, we release in September. Yes, it's, just, it's, it's been regimented. It's been a horrible cycle exactly. for, for the iPhone users. And I kind of really just hoped and prayed that iOS 17 would just have been a uh, kind of a refining year to to kind of narrow down all the the issues that's been that's been going on with iOS over the past few years. So uh, that's what we actually we were talking about a rumor that was saying iOS 17 was going to fix a lot of bugs that exactly. were produced by the previous iOS versions. But this has only caused more issues, I think, in terms of... Instead, it's just become like a steroid experiment. I feel like they, where it's just they actually worse. added features more than what we thought they were going to do. Because originally we were like, yeah. oh, they're just going to refine a lot more of the you know operating system and not add a lot of features. Right. But it was the opposite. Yeah. And I was like, I love these things that you've added, guys. But man, this is insane. <laughs> So it really is. It really is insane. And I, you know, we could talk about that forever. For real. I mean, this is technically we're, we're delving into a debatable topic right here. We are. I was just about to but say I mean, it's worth stating. It really yeah. is. So, yep. um, but in either case, we will move on to OnePlus again. So recently we've kept our eye on OnePlus, especially in regards to their expected foldable that was previously slated for August 28th. Mm-hmm but uh, has since then hinted at some delays that are rumored as a result of some display changes. Okay. So for those who have checked out those links in our past episodes about what this foldable was expected to look like, uh, we are now seeing new renders that could very easily throw a wrench in production if they are true to form. Okay. Uh, What was once deemed to sport a taller aspect ratio much like Samsung has done for their foldables, mm-hmm. now looks closer to be what Google has done with the Pixel Fold, which honestly, that's my preferred choice of design when it comes to foldables. 
Um, I'm not a fan of the Z Fold. I am a fan of Pixel Fold, the Oppo Find N. Uh, that, those are, that's really what I like. I like the shorter style because you have a wider screen on the outer display and it's not so tall and you don't have to reach so high and the phone is already heavy to begin with. So I'd rather have it a little bit more compact and you can still have a wider, bigger screen on the interior. But uh, again, that's just preference. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I would totally agree with you right there. A uh, taller phone adds a lot more weight. It's a lot more cumbersome and it's it's already yeah. a big screen as it is. And to put that much more screen on there is just, mm, I, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. So, and I really couldn't argue with that. And <laughs> again, this, this, these are delays due to, you know, refinement and in, in improving the product. So there's no argument here. I don't really Which is good. care for rushing yeah. this. Yeah. And I mean, I, this is their first product, so it, it will probably have still have some issues, but at least they're kind of addressing what they feel could be better or improve it before it's even released. So right. um, I feel like they went in the right direction on this one. Mm-hmm. In either case, we're currently a little unsure as to when to expect this model. Obviously, it's expected to be sometime at the end of the year, but whether that's Q3 or closer to Q4 isn't set in stone, mm-hmm. So, at least as of yet. Yeah, we'll have to see how that uh, looks, um, assumingly that it actually is a lot less taller than we're, uh, we've been told. So, Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that Samsung hasn't actually changed that. Uh, I don't know if they plan on maybe doing that with a future design, but yeah, I think if you lessen this, I kind of doubt the it. screen size. I think you'd have a lot more people buying it. Possibly, but I mean, you do have a strong following in a good ecosystem. That's true. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with what you're saying as far as that specific model. You might actually entice more people if you didn't have such a tall, tall screen. It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the push was for that, but... Yeah, uh, remember last week I was saying that it'd be crazy if Elon took a mile when Apple had given them an inch? Right. Well, he did. After Apple made an exception for Musk and allowing the X app to only have uh, one character, but they allowed it for Musk, uh, Elon is wanting to ask Apple to take a cut of 30% of creator fees rather than 30% of Twitter fees. He said that he would only be charging 10% feeds towards subscribers that earn 100000 and above. This would mean that Apple's earnings from Turner would diminish by a good amount. Now, in my opinion, if Apple had been a bit snide on the whole one-character limit issue, then yeah, I would say Elon has a more reasonable approach. You guys didn't allow this. Could you allow this at least? But Apple did, and now it looks, it almost looks bad on Elon, considering he has made a lot of complaints regarding Apple's fees that they took of Twitter, or now called X. Is it logical or makes sense on those fees towards Twitter or X? Possibly, it's hard to tell, but just from a business standpoint, it, again, it kind of looks bad on Elon, in my opinion. Well, it wasn't really unexpected. <laughs> based on kind of the trend that he's been making in the past year or so. but Right, exactly. I mean, that's that's a general fee that they've had for every developer out there. So I don't really understand why Musk feels like he has to be the exception. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just kind of one of those things that I kind of find akin to what happened with Instagram when Facebook took over. Mm-hmm. You know, Instagram was such a popular platform and ever since Facebook but it's just kind of been run down and it wasn't, it's not yeah. as good as it used to be. So right. I feel like this is just kind of that transition once again, when, you know, a bigger fish swallows a smaller one. So, 
Exactly. For sure. But uh, speaking of Apple, actually, uh, along with the iPhone 15 Pro rumors that we had mentioned earlier in the show with the storage, we have some additional quick items to breeze through on some other products. Uh, a lot of these are sourced from Shrimp Apple Pro or Ming Shiquo. So uh, first off, we have the Watch Ultra 2. Mm-hmm. Not much here, except that we do expect a black titanium variant in addition to the regular finish currently nice. offered in the Gen 1. So, yeah, I'm definitely in favor of that one. I can't, I'm, Me too. I can't wait to see how that looks. And so then, then we have the next-gen AirTags are expected to enter mass production in the fourth quarter of 2024 mm-hmm. and should be upgraded with a U2 ultra-wideband chip, uh, which is also expected to be part of the iPhone 15 series this fall. Uh, which is set to improve nice. the overall tracking capability between the two devices. Yes. Yeah, I did see those. Yep. And actually, I will skip over the the AirPods 4th Gen uh, rumors since we've kind of already covered a lot of that in previous episodes, uh, what we should expect that model to be when it releases. Yeah. Although uh, any further information and rumors will sure to be highlighted on this show in the future. So now this one is a little frightening. Uh, Apple's expected to shrink the bezels on the iPads. Uh, specific models have yet to be determined. However, it could mean the whole lineup in general, actually. Is that a bad thing? Quite well, quite frankly, it's a bit concerning as I prefer to have some, you know, black edges to grip onto when holding a larger tablet. So if you shrink the bezels, oh. I'm gonna be having accidental touches. That makes sense. So yeah. that's that's kind of where I'm a little hesitant on. But I don't know. I mean, as long as it's not too much, hopefully that's that's okay, but I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. have to wait and see on that one. Uh, and lastly, on the note of the iPads, there is some unsettled accuracy on when we could see the expected 7th gen iPad mini. So even mm-hmm. though one leaker states that it should be sometime this fall, uh, I feel as though it will likely be next year during Apple's spring event. So uh, Quo actually does think it's going to become later next year. So Okay. Obviously, the run-of-the-mill specs are expected. The time frame is really the only thing that is in question, at least for now. I'm not really sure if there's any products in there that you have your eye on. Obviously, I, I, you seem to be kind of <laughs> sharp on that uh, black titanium. But I, I was really interested. In the That just looks sleek and sexy, honestly. Yeah, I know. I mean, we haven't even seen any renders yet. And I yeah, I know. I can already imagine it. Um, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is to be expected usually. I feel like uh, iPads, they're a little more sparse in terms of the next upgrade. Right. Uh, whereas iPhones are like literally every single year. <laughs> um, exactly. So I think it's it's a little bit better. It's a little more relaxing and, um, you know, surprising to be like, oh, this iPad mini is coming out. Cool. Right. Uh, yeah. Whereas with iPhone, it's like, oh, nice. USB-C. Oh, man, I've been waiting for that for five years. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, it's just been forever so, since since we've been wanting to get that. So, yeah. Um, but that's good, though. But yeah, I mean, I, part of that for the iPad, actually, just, just to go back to that one more time, um, I believe they actually have the iPad mini release on a spring event, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, I think they do, actually. Yeah, so it probably would seem a little more logical to actually have that come next uh next spring in 2024 versus this fall Mm -hmm. so yeah for sure but anyway that's uh why we're here is to keep you guys up to date with the latest tech news and rumors but uh that will just about do it for this week's episode uh we will definitely catch you guys this saturday for debatable this is jd and riley signing out peace out